Grease, the 1978 musical rom-com starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John that I guarantee anyone checking out this prequel series has already seen, lands in at around an hour and 50 minutes total. The first two episodes of Paramount Plus's just-released Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies runs around one hour and 40 minutes. Why am I bringing this up as my first point? Because the show is long. Schmigadoon, High School Musical the Musical, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. They're all 30 minutes. 30 to 40 minutes at most. It is no small task for a writing team to assemble not only a full script for regular just high school dialogue, but then also throw in musical numbers that are supposed to hold up to Grease 1 and not Grease 2. Well, it's strange to me because, like, I didn't know that Grease, the original film, had as much backstory as it did. Mm -hmm. Like, I I know everyone knows kind of the big stories. Henry Winkler, Elvis, and Lucille Ball, they were all offered roles, and then they couldn't do it for one reason or another. But, like, have you gone back to any of the Grease songs in recent memory? Cause, like, I mean, I, they're, they're always playing Grease on TV at some channel. Yeah, so, but, like, like, I've heard them. I, when I was growing up, when I was, like, five or six years old, I would always watch Grease. For some reason, that was the film that I chose to watch. And I also would watch Grease 2 in some instances. But, like, I remember... That's where we differ. <laughs> well, I remember going back in middle school, just listening to things like Grease Lightning. Yeah. And, uh, and even knowing the backstory behind something like Beauty School Dropout or even hearing some of the lyrics in Summer Nights. And it doesn't, maybe, maybe you should have watched this because going into this show, I couldn't have named any of them. I just know them off of like what I remember, maybe from the last song. Well, and that's the thing, though. When I went back in middle school and I was re-listening to the lyrics, they, they were not good. They were not things I should have been singing when I was like five or six years old. Lightning McQueen, or sorry, <laughs> Grease Lightning is talking about like making girls cream. Like, oh. And then there's, of course, the famous line in Summer Nights where it's like, did she put up a fight? And all of those different types. They of kind things. of reference that here. Yeah, girls are supposed to put up a fight at some that uh, buddy says to jane in this episode or in one of the two episodes i also learned that apparently the like the real hickeys that uh sakar channing was given those like when she in the film when she's playing on her makeup those were actually real uh like i said beauty school dropout was based off of a murderer like it's crazy (laughs) that that happened but yeah no that's the thing grease 2 everyone knows that that movie box office bomb but let's talk about that for a second like why did it bomb though because that there's there's a lot of reasons for it. Okay. One is the fact that uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, even though she was like famous later on, really mm-hmm. wasn't that big a star anyways. I know that the directors had such a like hard time trying to bring back people from the original cast. Mm-hmm. John Travolta and Olivia New and John definitely weren't going to do it. Sure. They even reached out to other cast members just for cameos. And people were like, no, they weren't able to get the composer back from the first Grease. That'll do it and a then, little bit. On top of all of that, like on top of all these production problems, it was released alongside E.T., was released only a week after Star Trek 2 and Poltergeist and two weeks after Rocky 3, hence the reason why I got like number five at the box office. And people were expecting this to be a big success. They were like staying up a Grease film franchise and a spinoff TV series. There was supposed to be like a multiverse thing going on. No, I'm I'm joking. No, no, that's exactly actually what uh, Annabelle Oaks, the person Uh who created this show, wants to do. She said much like the MCU. Of course they do because it's their IP right now. (laughs) It's their IP and they have to use it. But the thing you're not saying about Grease 2 is that the the movie just sucked. Yeah. Like, it was really bad. Like, the plot was contrived. It was uninspired. It lacked any emotional depth. It has, like, a 4.5 on There was IMDb. no sincerity, like, with the original story. It was a story. It was just it a was punky dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, but like you mentioned, the music itself wasn't the same. It was super cringy. I couldn't sit through the second <laughs> one. 
but you're saying that the first the music in the first one also has some kind of uh <laughs> pretty crass or explicit lyrics i would say so yeah probably things that you couldn't get away with today. the second one is where like cheesy turns into complete cringe yes to me um so going into this i had to ask myself the same questions that i asked about great expectations which is how faithful is this going to be to the originals um and the original play because it was a play before it was a movie right yeah. And also, how much is it going to prove that it has enough to stand alone? You know, mm -hmm. how much does it honor the classic? How much can it stand alone by itself? And how good is the style, the writing, the direction, the performances, and most importantly, the pacing? I will say, I did see the beginning scene, and I'll let you take over the plot, but I want to say it reminded me of Riverdale, like from all the colors and everything. Well, I was actually going to compare it to Riverdale um, because the first episode, obviously, of this season that we did talk about took place in 1955 or around there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, their main thing in that episode was talking about racism. Yes. This doesn't touch race. Really? This okay. is all about, at least in the first two episodes, this is all about feminism. It's all about um, sexism and misogyny and tackling that part so of it. So it still has a message. But yes, of course. But like, it's weird because I know that Brown versus uh, Board of Education was around that time period, like the exact year, 1954 to 1955. And yet everybody in the school, there are all different types of races. There's white, there's black, there's Asians, there's Mexicans, there's all different Italians, um, which are different because of the greasers. It's it's weird, Puerto Ricans. Um, but, but the point is, like, they don't tackle that issue, and it feels like it's ripe for the opportunity to. So, okay, interesting. So it's like they're avoiding it almost. I, but in order to understand this, this show, I kind of have to go into what Greece was originally, right? So in 1958, yes. that's when the first story took place. You had Danny and Sandy. They fell in love over the summer. Everybody knows <laughs> that. Sandy unexpectedly transfers over into Rydell, and that's when Danny has to reconcile his tough guy image um, with the T-Birds, that's the yep. gang there, uh, with his feelings for her. Along the way, they navigate their ups and downs of teenage life, facing challenges, peer pressure, personal insecurities. That's why it's considered one of the best high school movies ever made. Um, and then ultimately, they reconcile during a musical number at their school's carnival, right? You're, you're the one that I want. Apparently, the tights were so uh, tight on Olivia Newton and John yeah. that she had to be ripped out of them and then have them sewn on because of it. But yeah, go ahead. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this takes place four years earlier, and it's before the T-Birds are considered cool. Um, and we have four fed up outcasts who dare to have fun. This is the way that they say it. Have dare to have fun on their own terms, sparking a moral panic that will change Rydell High forever. On the high school hierarchy, the jocks and preppy kids are way above the T-Birds at this point. The pink ladies don't even exist yet. This is their establishment. Um, but by four years later, they're like the queen bees of the school. We have our four characters, Olivia, Jane, Nancy, and Cynthia, of which Jane is the main, main character. And in our first episode, Jane and Buddy have a very similar situation to Danny and Sandy from the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Buddy, though, is like a jock. And she, Jane, is nerdy. She's from New York. They spent the summer together, and now she's moving to Rydell, just like Sandy is. But um, instead of being, like, ashamed by it, Buddy is, like, really into dating her, he, even though she's a nerd. Right, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're, they're kind of running a different spin on it. And so the long-term plan is that they will become student president and student vice president together. But then the night before the first day of school, which we see at this drive-in, which gets the coolest choreography musical number just to start the show. I think that's what you were referring to when you said yes. you've seen yeah, that's part of it. Yes, that kicks off into Buddy and um, Jane 
kind of making out in the car and someone happens to see them and thinks, oh, they're having sex. And then the word gets around and the rumor breaks and suddenly she's being slut shamed everywhere. And the first day of school and Jane Fucciano suddenly has this rumor about her that she goes all the way that she has to combat or Buddy has to break up with her. So Buddy Uh and her go around the school trying to stop that rumor from getting any bigger than it already is. That really is a different spin because, of course, in the movie, John Travolta is telling his friends how he actually did have, like, sex with Sandy. Mm -hmm. But really, it seems like the whole entire school is kind of on Sandy's side when she was like, it was just, yeah, it really didn't mean anything, but he was really sweet and stuff like that. This, like you're saying, is kind of taking the opposite route. Okay, (laughs) if you say so. I don't remember too much about Grease besides just the musical numbers and the overall, like, message of it. I don't even remember i remember there was like uh, the t-birds had some form of ink and animosity like didn't um uh, john travolta's character have to like fight one of the other ones before he could even date sandy yeah and that actually paralleled to something that almost happened on set but i'll get there later okay okay um so yeah so jane has successfully because she makes friends with some of the t-birds and they come to her defense specifically richie's uh sister who i already mentioned her name is olivia and she starts a song in number in home home act or something where she convinces all the girls that uh that jane is actually a really goody two-shoes type girl and so she gets on the good favor of everybody until that night's assembly when in a carry type moment uh this banner comes down that says jane fuciano goes all the way and when she's like what what i thought we were over this that's when uh it comes out that buddy has actually been bragging about the fact that they had sex even though they did not <laughs> okay and so the second episode at this point they break up and then jane decides she's going to run for um president of the school as well and uh and then they moon all four girls the the four who are going to become the pink ladies all moon these students reference reference to the first film and okay, then they yeah. run uh and steal a car steal one of the t-birds cars and that's how the first episode I ends not, i don't remember anything like well, that my, my biggest con of the first episode was oh don't they have consequences to this like in the 50s when the school suspend them or something but the show like immediately goes in on that and in the second episode we see all these angry moms going around calling one another and pushing the assistant principal who's actually a pretty nice lady even though she's represented as kind of old and curmudgeony um but she has to uh put these kids into detention for every single day every single day every single day for the the rest of the the semester oh yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) so so that's what ends up happening to the four of them but on the um on the actual plot side of things jane needs to now prove that buddy was lying so what they do is they break out of detention sort of like in the breakfast club where cynthia fakes being sick and then the other three of them go around to different places so jane with the help of richie that's one of the t-birds goes to buddy's locker to see if he has anything dirty in there nancy or olivia actually goes to the permanent records folder which hers is filled already and that's kind of because she had a relationship with a teacher the year previously oh wow okay so they're kind of throwing every single they are it's thing a lot that's book. what i meant by it was very long but um and then nancy her plan makes no sense she decides she's going to sneak into the boys locker room and just listen to them I don't know. As, I don't as understand if, as if why. Somehow they're villainous and they're going to just say their Even whole plan. Even if they plan. did, it's not like she could prove it. That yeah. hers, her plotline made no sense at this point. But Jane opens the locker and finds a letter that Buddy has written confessing to everything that he had lied about to Jane because he does like her and he did feel bad and he wanted to give her this letter, but he can't. So that's his kryptonite. Yeah. So so they use it against him. So they go to a house party later on and they're like, "I will show everybody this letter if you do not uh, back out of the." Um, <laughs> 
the election and, and admit the truth or something like that. But that's when um, Jane comes to the realization that it doesn't matter if she releases the letter because it'll really only slut shame the girl he had had sex with earlier um, because and it'll just make him look like a player. I know that you're going to propaganda your pros and cons, yes. but like, are there songs going on during this? Or yeah, there's there plenty just, of songs. There's okay. plenty of music that's going on. Because um, the they made second... 30 songs, it said, for this show. Yeah, wait till I get to my pros and cons okay. for that. All right. So yeah, the second episode sort of concludes with the fact that they've had this realization and the four girls are tighter than ever and they're going to um, be the pink ladies now they've settled on the name they put on the jackets and now uh and now they're ready to rule the school a lot of slow motion footage of them just walking the hallways <laughs> acting cocky you know okay all right so let me start with my cons because overall i'll say this that the show for me is going to pass it's oh, okay. depending on how far it's going to pass so first i'm going to go through my cons cringe is a factor here not as bad as grease 2 but most importantly through the predictable features of this show uh -huh. that would be the biggest issue with anybody who's watching this who would want something original right you know where the show, the show is going to take you uh -huh. jane is going to end up with richie by the end of this thing he's the main t-bird and he's the bad boy and he's nothing like buddy even though they're setting up a sort of a love triangle between buddy and richie and her um she's also probably going to win the high school president uh election, election yeah and the pink ladies are going to take over and, and then in four years, Danny and Sandy are going to end up together. So we know where it's going, and that kind of takes a little bit away. The other predictable things are tropes. You have outcasts that band together. That's always been done. Yeah. Uh, you have the love triangle with the bad boy and the football captain. That, that gets done a lot. You have the nice popular guy actually not being nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. The preppy rich kids always being full of themselves. Your click defining you. And then the probably the worst part of the show was in the second episode when it kind of went reductive in the whole strong female character arc because they had been doing such a good job with showing how the 50s kind of reduced women and how culturally it was just a like this peer pressure impact that was doing it. But then they went kind of full throttle and they were like, guys suck. That's what we just <laughs> want to talk about. So they did a full song in the second episode just called like basically guys suck that is rampant in the 1950s, yes, but it also feeds into that you can't be that strong female character without showing disdain for men. Yeah, okay. And that feels just a little bit reductive. I like do, I, I, I want yeah. to weigh in on that. So Annabelle Oakes, uh, she's been a writer for Minx, mm -hmm. um, but really the big ones that I think kind of uh, are like this show, atypical, awkward. And awkward, yes, that's, I didn't even think I was going to actually say it reminded me of that, but the girl with the broken arm and how she had a love triangle yeah. with two people yeah. and they got out that she was slut shamed because she was like, had a had sex during like her summer or something yeah it's exactly like that. and she's even set to direct an episode of the edge of 17 which is a tv series based off of the 2016 film which is crazy in its own right it's in pre-production now but uh yeah so i think that when you're kind of talking about these type of things i feel like people have those same type of complaints with like uh that the, those other shows but but like with awkward wasn't it like an mtv series yeah it was it did not have the same budget this thing is wild it's got choreography camera work music <laughs> costumes it's you can tell there's been a lot of effort put into this yeah justin tranter he's worked on a lot of different things he fought for the job he's kind of like done a lot of different music videos in fact that leads into one of my games for later but yeah when he read the script he was like no no, no i want to do this so he contacted annabelle oaks and they were able to get him yeah all right so i only have two other complaints here and one of them is that basically there's the jocks who have gone to this house party they were playing kiss or um, spin the bottle making out okay. in seven minutes yeah. in heaven all that stuff right and uh and there's this moment where the four outcast girls 
see that the dudes are spiking the punch. Okay. Yeah. So they, the, right. Yeah, but they're spiking it with alcohol clearly because it's the fifties. Like roofies aren't around, and and anybody who's drank punch that has like alcohol in it, you clearly immediately you would know, know what it is. Yeah. No, like there's no tricking you, right? But yeah. they treated it in the show as if no one would realize as if what they were doing was so evil like later on the guy buddy even was like i heard about what the guys were doing and it was just it's shameful it's like all they were doing was adding booze as soon as someone sipped it they would have known yeah but because they'd seen that the four girls were like well we're going to get retribution so then they feed them castor oil trick them into drinking a bunch of castor oil which is going to make them shit themselves Okay, this which seems... didn't really oh, okay, seem like yeah. a very equal thing because again it doesn't seem like they would have been able to get away with spiking the punch without people knowing anyways it seems um, like that type of storyline yeah. always wanting to make people shit themselves is in every <laughs> single teenage show ever i feel like we not only have we covered it in the podcast but yeah. i remember i mean american vandal was all about it but that was more satire i just feel like it's always like that's the biggest retribution you can have without any type of like really feeling this well, thing well cynthia who is the tomboy who really wants to be one of the t-birds but who's rejected from the t-birds and that's why she ends up uh with the four outcasts she's the one who when in detention goes off and uh confuses the assistant principal by yelling that she just shat her pants so it, oh. it, it all comes back into play like it's all a big old roller coaster you know mm-hmm. um and then the last con i have here is that uh despite like i said the choreography and the music all being great definitely 80 yard okay you can tell it so much more so than like even Grease the original. Yeah. I don't know why they chose to opt to do it that way, but it, it was it's it takes you out of it because you look at them and you're like your mouth. You can is, tell that they're, they're, they're lip syncing the entire time. Yeah. Okay. So my pros though are here. The first song. This is the world. I think that's what they called it. Um, it's the heartbeat of the show. Like you can sometimes hear it in the background whenever something ha- like okay. serious is happening, and it works. Like if you watch the first episode we're going to rule the world, the school. That's the name of the first episode. And then you go back to that first scene, having already seen where the characters end up. Originally, when you watch it, you just see a bunch of people singing. You don't know who they are or anything mm-hmm. besides Jane. Once you go back, you're like, oh, wow, they're actually explaining a hell of a lot about the plot and what we're going to learn along the way just from this first scene. Like, it deserves to be watched again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like the tie-in later on in the episode because we find out that Jane's sister is actually Frenchie. And that's where our connection comes into play with Greece itself. Uh-huh. And that was awesome. When I when I heard that, I was like, oh, cool. So we actually do get some middle schoolers of the versions of the later ones. We also see Betty Rizzo, who doesn't really look like Betty from the future. But... I know that in Greece too, they said it like two years after the original. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, they're going. Well, this is they, four years, them, but yeah. Yeah, them go, well, they went the opposite route, right? Yes. Prequel. So yeah, no, that, that is cool. Yeah. All right. And then it's 1950s style, the music is, but it's fused with 2020. Does that make sense? Like the music of 2020, like Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande mixed with old time 1950s. It felt you're like you're not it was... getting the same bebops or doo-wops that you're getting from back then. It, right. They mixed it. I when I listened to the like beginning song, it just felt like it was kind of a modern take. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not going to be the same type of, but it works for the show. Uh-huh. And then on the opposite side of the 1950s culture, like where I was criticizing them before, I have to give them credit for the way that they have not the villains give the villainous lines, but actually in Jane's life, it was her um, role models who were telling her the things that would now be looked at as just 
ridiculous. So but what do you her mean? Her assistant principal said a girl's reputation is all that she has. But you could tell she meant it from her heart. Like it wasn't supposed to be a mean thing when she said that. When her boyfriend buddy said girls are supposed to be girls are supposed to put up a fight. Again, that was just like the original Greece, yeah. right? But it also is like, the, no, they're not. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then uh, the mom even said to her at one point, if people think it's true, you must have put yourself in, the, in some, some kind of situation. And that was because their family had just moved there and they were trying to fit in and stuff. And like, she wasn't trying to victim blame her daughter, but she was trying to tell her to be very careful about what she's doing. And I just found that to be a much subtler and more awesome way of like showing how ridiculous and uh misogynistic the world was being at that time <laughs> than just so, straight up like singing about how much guys suck <laughs> i have to say I'm, I'm surprised that you said that you were going to give this a passing rating yeah i still have i still have just oh, like, okay go ahead. It, it was it also had some funny jokes in there um like for it took them a while before they settled on the pink ladies before they were going to be the black widows like um <laughs> <laughs> and then they were going to be the red cherries and then the yellow jackets of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so um who is it who ended up like the one who was obsessed with fashion um that's nancy yeah so nancy is the one who um who just constantly is making them different outfits and being like all right we'll try something else and we know that in the pink ladies in the future are very obsessed with fashion too of right course, so yeah. that like translated through and then buddy also runs on uh, his platform for a president on the make america great <laughs> He, he, just, he says, let's have fun like we did before. <laughs> so overall, those are my pros. Those are my cons. The only thing that left me confused is why would four years after this, would the pink ladies be wary of Sandy when Sandy is basically just Jane? Mm -hmm. Jane moves in and she's like a nice girl. And she was, why would they, especially if, if uh, Frenchie is uh, Jane's sister, she would recognize that type yeah. of girl. And she would have been like, hey, no, this person's cool. Yeah. No. You know? uh, yeah. All right. But yeah, that, that was. Well, 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 would you give the rating? What was oh, the rating? okay. So yeah, I would probably, I would, I would probably give it a seven. A seven yeah. out of ten. I would okay. have given it maybe even higher if not for the second half of the second episode where it just felt like it was slowing down a bit too much. I will say I want more, which I think is the ending song in the second episode. But I'm not sure. That's the last. Uh, that's the last music video or the last song that they shot. What happened was Justin Tranter, while they were filming the finale of this series, really, really wanted a another song in the second episode because he felt like there wasn't that many. So then that's the reason why they actually, yeah, that was the final thing that they shot. The show overall has gotten like mixed up positive reviews as a 6.2 on imdb but that's only about 100 reviews as a 68 percent on ron tomatoes however uh, the audience score is 43 percent and it seems also <laughs> like the the ratings are, are very mixed just among the critics because you have the guardian they titled their review greece rise of the pink ladies review the prequel nobody asked for sure and i thought that that was going to be like kind of a negative review but they ended up giving it three out of five stars and like you know why it exists again the ip and they want to use it up it's like where you find out that harry potter is now going to get a new series and you don't expect it to be good when you hear grease pre prequel you think oh this is a cash grab right yeah yeah but i hear that they're also making a movie yeah okay so you do know about that a prequel film called summer loving is, yeah. is currently in production uh -huh. um i see with john travolta 
What? No, no I know. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. But CNN said audiences should like kind of give this a chance. But then you have USA Today giving it one and a half out of four stars, saying that like there really isn't anything new here. Decider said to skip it, called it generic and unintelligible. So this is the problem with that. It's like you can see so much effort went into making this mm -hmm. that it's hard to tell anybody to skip it. Like I'm talking about what was that Lin Manuel Miranda? This not the Hamilton, but the second, the actual movie that he made, um, re recently. The one that came out like oh in the heights yes in the heights so when that came out that had so like the style and the background in every scene you could see there was so much detail this has that yeah that's what's crazy it's and like the i don't know who they did for the scene or who got who they got for the scenery but that person went above and beyond the costuming the music itself isn't that bad so overall if you are able to ignore some of kind of the cheesy plot points or the the tropes that it's doing um which maybe you don't like that stuff then uh, th then i think you'll find that it's at least worth its presence like, I, it, it's worth being a show we'll end it with this i have a game here and if you fail the first game then i have a second game okay <laughs> so uh this is one of these tv shows just in the spirit of like kind of the teenage uh girl like shows okay uh are is false Three of these are true. I want to see if you can guess which one they are. Great. The first one is the trials and tribulations of Tara. Sophomore Tara Winslow is the queen bee of Woodbridge High School, but Madison Pierce, a new student, vies for her top spot. I think it was on like Teen Nick in 2008. The second one is Selfie. Sorry, what was the name of it though? The trials and tribulations of Tara. I know there was like a United States of Tara, but yeah, go ahead. And the second one is Selfie, a 2014 comedy series that premiered on ABC and was a modern retelling of My Fair Lady. It followed the social media obsessed woman in her attempts to approve her image. The third one is BFFs. This was actually a web series in 2012, which followed four high school girls who forced the fire of overbearing teachers, parents, and classmates. The executive producers were Anthony and Joe Russo, people who did yeah. the Avengers films. I think they might have even created the show as well. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one was The Hard Times of R.G. Berger. It was a well, sitcom. Well, that, that one's true. Okay, you know about that one? Well, I know it's a real show. Yeah, it was canceled after two seasons, and apparently it followed the character that was macrophallic endowed. <laughs> so, um no but you're saying just one of them is false one though. of them is false oh yeah oh man okay so it's i will say it's I'm, I'm thinking it's either a or b so i'm gonna go ahead and say that it's a because it's got too similar of a title to the united states of tara okay you were able to get it right i thought i might be able to get it with you but no that that is completely right that is made up the thing i found weird about selfie was it was canceled after one seasons but at season but after it started to get like more into its first seasons like critics really started to enjoy it and then tv guy called it the best turnaround series <laughs> of the decade bffs yeah. I watched in 2012. I, I watched that series. It was uh, Yam Yam F, that network, the oh. Kev Jumba Niga Higa, uh, you know, they, they that sure. network. They made that show. And then, yeah, The Hard Times of RG Burger, RJ Burger was like an MTV series. I'll just end this by saying Justin Tranter, he's someone who worked on Sorry by Justin Bieber, Believer by Imagine Dragons, and Cake by the Ocean by the DNC. I, so. Yeah. And you're saying they were in charge of the music? Yeah. Yeah, well, again, that first song, it comes back and it's like, okay, for a while I was like, none of these are going to reach the same heights and they still haven't, but that song was pretty good. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. It's an earworm. Bye.